Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Doctor Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite Christmas shorts. <laughs> what was good and only what was good. No bad with this movie we're talking or with this short that we're talking about today. This almost completely completes the cycle of Grinch that we have somehow found ourselves in. Yes, and as you can hear, I am joined today by the very astute Dr. Sam. It's great to be here, Doctor in Christmasology. We're here to talk about How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The OG, the 1966 version by Chuck Jones. Man, this was a... This was nice. It was. It's nice to actually... Come full circle with our whole Grinchology reviews, you know? It it was going to be full circle, and then Illumination Entertainment decided we're going to do another one. Yep, and we'll talk about that. We'll get to it eventually. But this is our fourth Grinch related uh, Uh, thing. Third, right? No, because we did Cat Grinch. Oh my god, right, you're right. And then the Ah. 2000 version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which means. We do a Grinch thing once every 10 episodes or so, <laughs> which is not how I expected this series when, to go. When we first started this podcast, I wasn't like, all right, we need to talk about the Grinch. What's <laughs> up with him? What's his story? Like, this has definitely been a different but enjoyable little route that we've gone on. I can guarantee, almost guarantee you any other podcast out there has not talked about all four iterations of The Grinch so far. I would wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> they have not talked about The Grinch nearly as much as we have. No. We are committed to making this work. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> we could be consultants on the a new movie that will come out, I'm sure, about The Grinch and everything. Sure. I'm sure we've talked about this before on at least one of our other three Grinch podcasts, but what, what are your feelings on <laughs> on this OG Grinch specifically? Well, just this one first to talk about. This was probably the most consistent movie, like hol- holiday movie I've watched growing up. Like, this was like, all right, let's watch The Grinch and everything. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was a bit longer. I didn't think it was 25 minutes. Growing up, The Grinch really scared me. And I've said that before. Dr. Seuss things, like, just irked me in a way that I can't really describe anything else as a kid. And I think, like, re-watching this, I think it's just, like, the really hard lines and designs. Like, the Grinch is a creepy-looking dude, man. Yeah, I mean, he just, like... It's weird and jerky, but at the same time, his face moves so fluidly. Like, when he gets a creepy smile, it just happens. Yeah, like, when that point where it's like, and the Grinch had an awful idea, a terrible idea, and it's like he his smile gets huge, and his hair goes down into a curl, and it's like, ugh. How can he adjust his hair like that without even trying? He's the Grinch, man. He's got special things going on. Grinch, Grinch is crazy, man. Yeah. But, uh, what's, what's, I'm... You know, recapping, what's what's your feelings on The Grinch, this one, in comparison to all the things that we've seen thus far? You know, it's interesting. I think compared to the Jim Carrey one, Jim Carrey does better things than the original this one does. And I've also seen the Illumination Grinch, and I definitely think we'll talk about it one day. So we are over halfway there with The Grinch. Yeah, I don't know. What was your, the- uh, like, growing up as a kid, what did you th- view the Grinch as? I mean, I I viewed it as like a fun thing to do around the holidays. It was a thing everybody did. I saw it at least once a year, and then uh, the Jim Carrey one came out, and that kind of became the staple of of watching it and and all that, and obviously I didn't know about the other Grinch specials, as evidenced by my anger towards them previously. Yeah, that's very true. Um, In comparison, I mean, you can't really hold a candle to this one, because like, there are a few like 
problems with it, like some reused animation and like a little over the top like narration. But besides that, it's it's classic and it tells a good story in a short amount of time and it's exactly what it needs to be. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so guys, we're not gonna recap this short because for one, it's twenty five minutes long and I'm assuming by now you sort of know what how the Grinch stole Christmas is all about. He looks down at Whoville, is like, damn, those guys suck. I'm going to steal Christmas. And then he does. But then he realizes, wait, the Who's don't need presents. They just need each other. And then his tiny heart grows three sizes that day. Yep, and he goes down and cuts the roast beef. Boom. Boom. There's your recap. That's going in the description. <laughs> I'll be like, summary at... Five minutes and 20 seconds, and a summary, five minutes and 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah, also, guys, remember, I put time codes in here, so if you don't want to listen to the summary and just jump to the, the script doctoring, script stuff, uh, just, you know, you can check that out. You I don't say that do enough. Do whatever you want, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's Christmas. So I guess let's do, like, a little compare contrast mm-hmm. of what the other Grinch stories are and how this one compares. Like, what was good... How this one is just superior than the other shorts or movies. So, the thing that I want to talk about uh, is just... We can start with the Grinch himself, because I feel like that's a great place to to start. Yeah. So, you've got Boris Karloff in, in the original version, who's very famous for, like, OG Universal movies. Like, mm-hmm. super, like a, like, a famous star. And then you've got Jim Carrey on the other side, who's, like, again, famous through the 90s for all of his comedies. And they each bring different things to it. You've kind of got this slick, sinister vibe with Boris Karloff. Like this very, like, I'm evil, but you can't really tell why. Here's what it is. With Jim Carrey, it's like this bombastic, like, I am out there, I'm evil, and I hate everything. But maybe I have this soft spot on the inside. Yes. And then how how are we going to describe Grinch Knight? Grinch Knight Grinch is an asshole. Yeah, but, like, not a sinister asshole or anything. He's just, like... He's just an asshole. Yeah, and he's not like, very smart, I would say. Like, he's, he gets tricked by a five-year-old. Yeah, he, like... It doesn't feel like he has a reason to do certain things. At least, he doesn't have a reason to do it in this... in How the Grinch Stole Christmas first one. Mm-hmm. But it feels like that's what he's supposed to do. Like, he just already has this disdain and this hate in his heart for these people. And, like, what they stand for and what Christmas stands for. Right. Grinch Knight Grinch just kind of doesn't stand for anything. He just likes to torment people. Yeah. And not, like, in a fun sociopath, you know, the movie (laughs) Seven kind of way. He just does. Yeah. And then I'm going to comment on the newest Grinch. I honestly think that Grinch is just a little too nice. Ooh. Like... I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Like, in that, the new 2018 Grinch... You can actually tell he cares about Max, and like he's like he's just a douche in a way where it's like, oh, I'm not gonna give you the pudding on top and smash it. Like that's just like, okay, that was douchey. That's not really nice. That's like schoolyard bully. That's not like someone who would, you know, manipulate an entire civilization. Yeah, like they make him a little too sympathetic. Where if we're talking about the 1990 or 1966 version, like. I would describe him and Max's relationship as, like, an abusive couple almost, where, like, Max is only there because he's scared all the time, and the Grinch is just mad. And I would even sort of describe that in the same way as the Jim Carrey one, because, like, the Max relationship with him is just not... He cares more, but he's definitely, like, 
he's bringing Max, like, when he goes to Whoville for the first time, he brings Max with him, so he clearly wants, like, values Max's opinion or, like, his, his input on being around him. Yeah. And I think that, honestly, is probably the best Max Grinch relationship would be the Jim Carrey one. Well, like, I mean, what do you mean? What's your definition of best? Like, best is in most complete and kind of shows a relationship rather than, like, I feel like the, the 66 one, like, shows that they live together and that Grinch forces him to be his his reindeer. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't go too much beyond that. And I'm not saying it needs to. I'm just saying if we're going to do a comparison of the relationships, I would I would give the Jim Carrey one just the, the slightest edge in that direction. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I think we also forgot about the Cat in the Hat versus Grinch Grinch. Okay, so how, how do we want to talk about that? Because... Uh, he in that one, I would say, is the most internet trolley, where he's just trying to mess with the cat in the hat. Well, he's almost the most sympathetic in that one too, because the cat in the hat just like is being is kind of being a dick to him too. Like, yeah, that's true. The Grinch shouldn't be doing what he's doing, but it's understandable that you know the cat in the hat is just like, oh, I didn't notice and I don't care. So <laughs> I I would give I would give that Grinch a split personality Grinch because it seems like he's actually pretty happy at the beginning and the end. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Exactly. <laughs> so which Grinch do you put at the top of your Grinch list? Oh, my power rankings of the Grinch. Definitely the 1966 Grinch, Jim Carrey Grinch. I guess this is Grinch Knight's Grinch. Then the Cat in the Hat Grinch, and then the 2018. Well, because I would say the Grinch, the 2018 Grinch, doesn't embody what the Grinch really is. Okay. He's just too. He's too nice and sympathetic. Where That's fair. when we eventually get to it at one point, <laughs> the Grinch is just misunderstood in a way. Not not even misunderstood. He just like he's too sympathetic at a point where he's not like lashing out or anything. He's just like. Spoilers for the 2018 Grinch. He, like, never had a family or anything that, like, taught him Christmas. Mm -hmm. So he feels like no one cares about him. Okay. And so, like, okay, sure. And then Max is his best friend, like, by far. There's a point where he gives Max, like, a present and everything. It's like, oh, that's cute. But that's not what the Grinch is about. (laughs) The Grinch is like, you know, he is a meanie. And then he turns good. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, obviously I'm going to put 66 Grinch at the top. Yeah, no. I would Jim judge Carrey. you if not. But I do think I would put Grinch v. Cat in the Hat next because I just hate the Grinch Knight so much. Okay, so what... what <laughs> why? Explain a bit what, more. hate Grinch Knight? Well, explain like why that Grinch oh, why? is worse than the Cat in the Hat Grinch. Because Cat in the Hat Grinch, I do feel like, in the sense of the Grinch, you always, you always get a sense that there is more to his personality. Uh-huh. There's more to him than just what he is. And even if you don't, like, explain it fully or, like, over-explain it, like the Jim Carrey one, there's still something there that the Grinch, at least as a nice guy at the beginning, has, like, some issues, and you kind of know that there's issues going on there. Yeah. And then it gets resolved at the end. I don't like just straight-up asshole for no reason, Grinch. Yeah. I like asshole for a reason or some deep-seated thing that we may never find out, Grinch. It, okay. So that's, that's why I put him down there. Yeah, I agree with that. One thing I didn't realize... When rewatching the 1966 version, I thought the Grinch actually had Cindy Lou on the actual, oh, like the sled when the he's... sled when he saves it. I didn't realize the music actually did inspire his heart to grow three times too large. Mm-hmm. 
And I have to give credit to the Jim Carrey version. Like, okay, that is a really good addition that you put in that I didn't realize at the first time around. So props to that. No, I think so, too. I There, there are benefits to both sides because with Cindy Lou there in the Jim Carrey version, mm-hmm. that gives him a very direct line to being like, I have to do the right thing. Like, there's no other choice I'm being, like, shown that way. Right. But in the 66 version... The real thing that inspires him is the fact that he sees them all singing down in Who Village or whatever, or Whoville. Part of me wants to give more credit to that because he doesn't, like, if you kind of have, like, a life or death thing, you're, like, forced into action. Right. Whereas he actually has to make the conscious choice to look down at them and analyze the situation and be like, oh, oh, they don't need presence. Oh, they don't, like, need these other things. This is just what it's all about. And he has to, like, make the decision himself to, like pull the sleigh up. I'm not saying one's better than the other. Right. I'm just saying they're different. And I think I do prefer the original version in that case. Okay, why is because, that? Because I like the, well, I like the yeah. choice. I like the, I like the fact that he kind of made the choice to save Christmas, not because he had to save a life, mm-hmm. but because he just knew it was kind of the right thing to do overall. Well, the Jim Carrey guy, he is trying to save the sleigh and then just gets that extra boost when he sees that there's a life in danger now, too. True. I, I get, yeah, if that's, the, if that's the case, then I do give props to that, that he doesn't just automatically get strong. He got strong enough and then sings Cindy Lou, obviously, like, you know, the thing with the mom, the kid trapped under the car, kind of like mm-hmm. you have the adrenaline to, like, get stronger and pull it up. Right. So I like that, too. It's interesting how the Jim Carrey Grinch has that movie has such a more strong connection with Cindy Lou. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cindy Lou in this original one is just like a random thing that happens. It doesn't connect a back or anything. Like, yeah. what's the point of Cindy Lou in the <laughs> 1996 Grinch? I think Cindy Lou is kind of like the Grinch hasn't, like, again, kind of like the new one that you were talking about. He's never had that connection uh-huh. to the people down in Whoville. And the fact that he accidentally runs into this girl who just naively believes that he's the Grinch. Or that he believes that he's Santa. Right. It, it's his first taste of knowing that a person could, like, understand and talk to you and care about you. And even though we never, like, see anything happen between the two of them where he's like, oh, wow, my, I feel something for this tiny child. <laughs> it's just, it's the symbolic, like, kind of representation of, like, what the purest meaning of Christmas is. Right. To, like, a small child. Okay. So I think, I think that's more of what she's all about in the original one. Not not much of a direct uh, thing for him to get involved with. Just just a, just a little symbol. Okay, so hot takes here after seeing the 2018 Jim Carrey's and the 1996 version. My favorite Cindy Lou is uh the Jim Carrey Cindy Lou. <laughs> oh yeah, wait, I didn't. Is is Cindy Lou in the 2018 version? Yeah. Is she a main character? Ish. She's secondary. I would say okay. she. Their two plots don't really interact till like the end ish part like it's definitely like here's the a story of the grinch and here's the beer story of sydney lou the connection between sydney lou and the grinch is definitely done the best in the jim carrey version mm-hmm. and i that's what i think the pender this uh 2018 version should have done a little different but i i think if we're gonna you know, 10 years down the line, make another Grinch movie. I think we need to look at the Jim Carrey one the best for an actual three-act structure of the short movie. I would agree. I think, yeah, if we're going just basic story and relationship between at least two characters, I would agree that Jim Carrey's version probably has the best Grinch-Cindy Lou connection. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting, you know? Getting into 
OG Grinch having no subplots yeah. and Jim Carrey having subplots, what's your like take on like giving more to like the people of Whoville or like giving more like to the Grinch himself? Do you think that helps or hurts the story? And I guess in addition to the 2018 version. Mm, I like that in the Jim Carrey Grinch that they're able to learn a lesson of like consumerism and like, oh, we have lost the way what the holiday really means. I like that. But the thing is, like, in the 2018 Grinch and the Jim Carrey Grinch, he really hates the people's reactions to Christmas Mm -hmm. rather than in the 1966 version. He really does just hate the holiday where he's like, I hate when they eat the roast beef and I hate that they get presents. Like, that's where the difference is, I would say. Sorry, I forgot your question. <laughs> uh, what do you think, like, the subplots, like, add to the story? Or if you think it's it's better to keep it as the short form rather than adding more story to it? Uh, I guess, do you, think, do you think that you could add subplots to it to make it better or give more substance to the Grinch? It definitely is what you're trying to go for. Like, I think it is nice for the Grinch to just have that, hey, I need a lesson to be taught. I learned my lesson. Boom. But then it's nice to see that other people can learn different lessons. Because I think the Grinch has a point in a certain way of people taking Christmas more as a materialistic thing than a actual, like, hey, it's nice to have everyone around. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Um, I mean, I said it in the, in the one we did for the Jim Carrey Grinch where I think I prefer the lesson at the end of the 1966 one Mm -hmm. because it is more of like a choice to to do the right thing and to already know that these people, these people like Christmas and like, you know, the consumerism, the traditional culture. But then when you take away the presence, they still understand that it's mostly about caring about people. Right. I think that makes a more impactful story for the Grinch himself. Mm -hmm. If he realizes that all along they've just been great. Whereas in the 2000 Ron Howard, Jim Carrey version, they have to be convinced that consumerism is bad and that, like, they don't need presence. And it, feel, it feels like it does detract a little bit from, from the main story. Yeah. That, like, oh, Jim Carrey, or the Grinch is only learning his lesson because these other people had to learn a lesson first. Mm-hmm. It's, ju- it's just two different lessons, and my preference is the original, where it's just that one lesson. Because... We know consumerism is bad. <laughs> we live in whatever culture we live in, and we know it's bad. But we, it's still what we kind of live in, and we don't n- we don't need that additional like reminder that it's bad. Yeah, I feel like it's we just need to learn how to be good people. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. It's the same lesson. It's more like, hey, do you want a more of a roundabout way to learn the same lesson again? Yeah, with you know some other th- things added to it, or do you just want like, hey, here's the lesson. Boom. Yeah. That's why I think that the story honestly works better in the short form, and I think that there shouldn't be another <laughs> remake to try and make it an hour and a half like a feature length. I think it should just stay this short version. Well, after looking at everything, all Grinch stuff related, I think there is a way to do a three-act structure with the Grinch, and I think you really do need to look more at the Jim Carrey version again. I think you need to have... Who's learning the same lesson? But I would be very interested in seeing how. Like, do you think there's a way we could make the Grinch Knight into a three act structure? I'm pretty sure we talked about it then. But like, I think you, I think you could. 
but I think it would have to in that in that first special mm-hmm. make it better. And <laughs> but that's just your first act. Right. I think you you move on from there. That the Grinch tried to scare this kid and then he didn't, and then it becomes a a conflict of the soul that the Grinch doesn't know how to scare people. Okay. Like okay. It's, it's almost kind of like a reverse Monsters Inc. type thing. Okay. Where, like, he, you know, wasn't able to do it because this kid is stronger. He doesn't, you know, need to be scared. He knows how to face his fears. And that kind of, like, puts the Grinch in his own place where now he fears not being feared. <laughs> Some, something like that. And then you get into that relationship with him and Max because they they go weird. Max has his own song in Grinch Night. Yeah. It's, he's... like, about his, like, unhealthy relationship that if if it's one of those things where you tackle the Grinch not knowing how to be feared... And that plays into the fact that Max doesn't fear him. Max, you know, loves him. And it's like, why Why do you love me for these, you know, for whatever reasons he shows? And I think that's that's how you make that three-act structure. And obviously, the Grinch would come back down to meet up with Eukariah? Yes. Eukariah was I believe so, sure. Oh, yeah, I think God. it was Eukariah. It was either Eukariah or Zachariah. One of them was the dad, one of them was the son. Okay. Oh, there were. Uh, the, the Acharias family. <laughs> he meets up with the kid and tries to be like, how did you, like, you know face me how can i be scary again that kind of thing okay. and then it's like i can't wait to use this on the who's at christmas <laughs> and then you set up your your, your christmas sequel okay interesting I, I i i think you know universal if you're listening <laughs> all you guys at universal i think there is a way to do a christmas grinch i do sort of like that because i mean what is the lesson and moral of of halloween you know because Christmas things don't have to be as scary as they seem. Some things are just <laughs> reality's an illusion, and just don't be afraid of things. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's something like that. Hmm. Okay. That, that's what I get out of it. But obviously, if you're going to do a, stro- a story that has no three act structure, sixty six Grinches up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I would say though that Grinch uh, sixty six does have a three act structure. Just the first act ha- is a lot more padded than the second and third act. So what, what would you dissect the three acts? Where is one start, one does two start, one does three start? So I think like, one goes from the beginning, obviously, until he sees Max with the, the Santa Claus beard. Okay. And then two starts when he decides to steal Christmas. So when you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch starts. Yeah. From then until, uh, until he gets back with the presents and, like, right as he sees the Who's singing down in Whoville, that's the end of Act 2. And then Act 3 is him dealing with the confusion and realizing that it shouldn't be, you know, he shouldn't steal the presents, so he pulls them back up and saves Christmas. Okay, okay. Which I think timing-wise also does work out. I think Act 1 and 2 are probably the same time, and then 3 is, like, half the time of the two. I think you're right on that one, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, if you're going to try and go for a three-act structure, that's what it is. I'm not necessarily saying that that's actually what they were intending when they were making it. Yeah, no, I I don't think they were like, here's the... <laughs> Where's the save the cat? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a joke for screenwriters. <laughs> uh, they do try in something interesting in the 2018 one where it's like, instead of save the cat, it's like, burn the cat. To like, why do we hate the Grinch? And it's just like um, him at the grocery store, like eating people's food and like putting in a different jar and knocking down. It's like, oh, I don't like him. But is that really all that it really is? Is he's just kind of like a general dick to everybody? Yeah, like there's this one point where 
the little this little kid is making a snowman, but he can't get the carrot on the snowman's nose. So the Grinch grabs the carrot and puts the nose on, but keeps pushing it so the head falls down, and he's like, oops, and walks away. And the kid goes, you're a mean one, mister. Grinch? Nope, just Damn mister. It. Just mister. And that's basically Grinch. all he does in the first act. He's just like, oh, I, I, I hate, I'm just going to be a dick. So he's just like, he's not like, wow, you're an asshole. It's just like, dude, that wasn't cool. <laughs> you're an asshole, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Grinch. <laughs> We'll definitely get to that 2018 one eventually. What are the things about 66 do we want to go over? Because we've got Grinch himself, the relationships, the moral. Why does the Grinch wear these weird shoes? (laughs) What if that's his just big problem is he's just got these two small shoes? He needs those little, uh, what's the extra padding? The Dr. Scholes. Yeah, the Dr. Scholes. He just needs that. It's not his heart was messed up. It's just he didn't have the soles. He didn't have the soles. Oh. Because he doesn't have a soul. Oh. Oh. That's what it was. So, Taylor, what are your plans for Christmas? (laughs) I'm going to spend it with my family and totally ignore them as I open up my presents. That's it. I didn't learn my lesson through watching all these Grinch specials. Oh, no, we have to watch them all again. That's five movies. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that's maybe like two, three hours at most of content to watch. Well, you've got an hour and a half, an hour and a half, and then three 20-minute specials. So three hours of stuff. Yeah. That's still a lot. Yeah. I'm not counting. That's like one whole Titanic. Oh. Uh, Yeah. What's what's your favorite part of Christmas? (laughs) I'm just thinking of other Christmas-related questions. Oh, shit. I realized... Did I... I didn't tell my Shia LaBeouf story in Transformers. Do you want to tell it now? Honestly? (laughs) Because I think it's kind of funny. (laughs) No, I... Should we? I say why not, because I think you should address it, because then if people actually comment, be like, were you going to tell a story about Shia LaBeouf? Do it now. Okay. um, Taylor, what's your Christmas present to the listening audience? At the very beginning, if you recall, from the Transformers uh, uh, dissection, Taylor said that he had some stories about Shia LaBeouf, and that we'd get to them later, and then we forgot about them. Um, so before I got my first like uh, job job in the film industry, I worked for Postmates a lot, and so I would go from different parts of, like, the Hollywood, L.A. area and pick up food. And the one guy I always would see was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> was, he, was he with his famous friends, like, chowing down on some grub? No, he was eating by himself all the time. And I would just be, like, going into this one place called Sharky's, and I'd be like, is that Shia LaBeouf eating nachos by himself? And it would be. He, like, was unshaved, just, like, looking around in his sportswear, and just, like, I mean, I want to say hi to Shia LaBeouf, but I don't I don't know if that's, like, if he wants me to do that. <laughs> and then there was this other time where I'm in line for this place called Mendocino Farms. If you're from L.A., you know how L.A. Mendocino Farms is. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, fuck, there's Shia LaBeouf again. Like, what the hell? And he was eating by himself. He was wearing, like, a nicer shirt, but sports shorts and, like, Jordans as wearing shoes. Wow. Eats by himself. So, if you guys know, if you ever see Shia LaBeouf... Well, if you ever, if you ever go just, like, a little north of the... or west of the valley, look out for Shia LaBeouf at your local uh, Sharkies <laughs> or Mendocino Farms. Or anywhere, really. I just want Shia LaBeouf to have a friend. Yeah, I honestly, I kind of... <laughs> I don't want to say, like, I would have done something different in that situation, but I do think if the restaurant was empty enough and, like, obviously you were on a time crunch because Postmates, you have to deliver your yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. I would honestly go up and be like, hey, do you mind if I, like, 
sit with you? I I thought about doing it, but I was just like, you know, Shiloh's got sort of a reputation with him for being a little out there and erratic. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's better if you just don't pull out your phone and just be like, can I take a picture of you? I can't. You're such a Grinch. <laughs> Sorry, I, had to, I brought it back. I almost did try to take a Snapchat video of him, but then I was like, if he sees me doing that, he might, like, roar at me or something. Roar. I feel like that would be something he would do. But, yeah, going back to Grinch after that little story. But maybe that's what he needs. He just needs a friend, and he needs someone to show him the true meaning of Christmas to feel better. Yeah, exactly. You just need to do it, man. <laughs> Shia, if you're listening right now, because I know you listen to every episode, <laughs> if you need a friend, just like hit us up on all of our social media. Yeah, we'll rewatch every movie that you're in, in with the theater you. With you. Yeah. Okay, I think we should end it now. Yeah, <laughs> I think we, we've, been, we've been on our little diatribe for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, uh, please enjoy the holidays with your families and you everything. Know, what will be a great Christmas present to us is leaving a five-star <laughs> review on iTunes and dropping a little review. Yeah, that'd be great. We would really appreciate that. Um, if you want to follow us and get our, our newest content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Script. If you want to tweet at us and let us know about what you think of those Shia LaBeouf stories or, you know, have your own Shia LaBeouf story, you can tweet us tweet at us at dr script podcast it's dr script podcast and uh it will be pretty lit it'll be Um, the most lit christmas ever yeah um yeah i hope you guys have a great christmas taylor i hope you have a wonderful christmas right back at you samuel hey so (laughs) to to everyone out there god bless us yes everyone (laughs) and i hope you have a shiny new year's too hey Hey. all right see ya